Welcome to Beauty Uncut the Podcast. I'm Shania. And I'm Kayla, and we're here to bring a new perspective to beauty. We're excited to announce that we are collaborating with Vogue Australia for the launch of their Australian Beauty Awards. We have a series of podcasts featuring Australia's leading industry experts to bring you a series of topics, including their favourite advice and products. There's 21 awards and four categories, and if you vote you go in the running to win a $500 Sephora gift voucher. So all the information to vote will be in the description below. In today's podcast, we'll be joined by Dr. Shami Thiessen, one of Australia's leading dermatologists to talk about the fusion of inner wellness and cutting edge science. We love this topic because I feel like as therapists and you as a nurse, we really treat holistically in our clinic. And I feel like that's the way the world is going. So I can't wait to hear about the way that she implements holistic approaches in her clinic. Yeah, we have so many questions. I'm so excited to learn. Me too. (laughs) Well, welcome Dr. Shami Thiessen to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. We're excited to talk about today's topic with you. Fire away. (laughs) Well, should we start with telling us a little bit about yourself, how you got into dermatology and any accomplishments that you have? Ooh. Maybe let's talk about how I first got into dermatology. So you start being a medical student and you get overwhelmed with what choices you can do or what choices you have in becoming a specialist or a general practitioner. And for me, in my fifth year of dermatology, I was at the Royal Melbourne Hospital and I just knew I had two months and I loved every day of dermatology. So, you know, to the untrained eye, for example, every rash just looks like dermatitis or eczema or it's a fungus. But there is just, you know, 200 different types of presentations. And I just love being a detective. And I had this amazing professor who the lady came in and she had this really weird rash. She had a bit of a purplish discoloration, like, you know, a bit of a purplish little rash on her eyelids. She had a bit of muscle weakness. She just felt just off, but it wasn't quite eczema. And, you know, we were medical students and you work with registrars who are like junior dermatology trainees. And we were kind of like putting our heads together going, oh, it's not quite right. And then waltzes in this professor who literally walked in like Kramer. He was like, hello. (laughs) And he was like, you have dermatomyositis. Better make sure you don't have breast cancer or ovarian cancer. And it was, it was the way he was, you know, the rash was just more than a rash. It was like, gosh, it could be the window to something else that's going yeah. on in your skin, yeah. you know, in your body rather. Yeah. And that, that was when I was like, gosh, you could actually look at someone's skin and work out what's going wrong inside. Yeah, that's so true. You yeah. know, and it doesn't have to be an underlying cancer, hopefully, but you can tell when someone's got acne or rosacea and their gut health is off yeah. or they've partied too much. And is that how you feel you got into having a holistic approach when treating the skin? Yes. I grew up in Malaysia. You know, I'm of Sri Lankan Tamil background. My parents were GPs, are GPs, but they really love that holistic approach. So yes, we could fix you know, an infection or a virus, but we want to know what's going on inside. So I love that kind of pharmacological, but also wellness medicine, like have more turmeric, have more garlic in your diet. Let's fight this from inside. And that whole inside 
to outside spectrum is what always got me. And what about cosmetics? How did you get into cosmetic dermatology? Because I feel like it's only recently that dermatology in general has gone from treating rashes to now treating skin conditions and overall skin health and things like that. Spot on. Because so how do you become a dermatologist? I think that's the first awareness piece. You know, you get into medical school, then you have to work in the hospital and then you get into a training program. And it's very medical. And that's what I love about dermatology. It's about skin cancer detection. It's about rashes. But cosmetics is really just a continuum. If you've got acne, you want to fix the acne and it might be a multi-pronged approach from internal wellness to medical therapies. It might even be that good old vitamin A tablet that people fear. But how do you fix the scarring? How do you get rid of the redness? You know, it's cosmetic. Dermatology is all cosmetic. Yeah. You know, even a rash, it, it's not pleasant, it's itchy, but it's also how it looks. Yes. So it's a no-brainer for me. And so how would you say that gut health and hormones, there's all these factors that can affect the skin, how do they affect the skin? Well, we now know there's actually a gut microbiome, skin axis, brain axis. So We know we have neurochemical signaling that goes from your gut to your skin to your brain. So that interconnection between all these elements means that we know when we eat a piece of chocolate that's not right for us or too much dairy Mm -hmm. or too much partying, lack of sleep. All the good things. Why is that? Why are all the good things so bad for us? (laughs) You know, I have this line when someone comes in with rosacea and I'm like, Cut down on dairy, gluten, everything good in your life. Less tomatoes, less nightshades, eggplant. That's a big one. Oh, I love eggplant. (laughs) And I used to say the standardized line saying it's all the good things in life. And then this is the, you know, kind of transformative aspect of my brain that I kind of reflect on and I go, maybe I've been programmed. What if alcohol and, you know, I just had champagne, but like, (laughs) you know, What if all these things are actually not the good things in life, but I've been pre-programmed, brainwashed Mm. to think they're great? So how do we how do we how do we change that? that? (laughs) Maybe we need to get into neuro linguistic programming and transcendental meditation. Mm. Maybe another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So how exactly does it affect the skin when we're affected internally? Inflammation. Okay. If I had to put it simply, it's when you have things in your gut that are pro-inflammatory, you're then going to have that same messengers inflaming your skin. That is probably the most truncated form, but the most accurate. It's all about every part of our body communicating to each other. So inflammation internally can present on the skin differently. So for you, it could be acne. For me, it could be rosacea. It's just very different from person to person. Is that correct? Absolutely. In my experience now, I think even pigmentation or age spots or wrinkles is just your version of inflammation. And we're constantly producing abnormal skin cells, abnormal cells in different parts of our organs, but it's about how we clean them up. So processes like autophagy, where we naturally clean up our cells, all that matters now because how can you better clean up your abnormal DNA by resting better, by reducing your inflammation, exercising. We've got data to show that if you walk for 30 minutes, you actually reduce the need for Botox or wrinkle reduction, rosacea. So we know that our body is not this static 
one-dimensional entity. All parts of our systems communicate. So when you're treating as a dermatologist, what are some things that you tell your patients to do internally to help their skin externally? I am very much into that internal wellness because that's how I'm going to have that longevity of results. So my go-to wellness strategies is work out which dietary element is kind of making you go rogue. I was going to ask if there's any tests or things that you can do. You can, you yeah. can. I mean, actually, you're right. If, you, if you've got an allergy, then you can look into skin prick testing or a patch testing. But sometimes it's just trial, trial and, and error, error. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, and I think we need to go back to empowering people to go with your gut. You mm-hmm. know when something's not right. Yeah. If you're having too much dairy and it's just annoying you, it's bloating your gut, just stop. Yeah. A go-to easy kind of diet plan is the low FODMAP diet because you can get foods just in your supermarket aisle, which kind of are FODMAP friendly. So they'll have less sugar or they'll have less onion and garlic, things that can sometimes be inflammatory. Yeah. I think that's actually an app. Is it the Monash yes, app? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. they have it and you can, it's so easy then to follow that diet. Yeah. And even if it's a means of just detoxing your body and mm. then introducing each food group bit by bit. Yeah. What else can they do to help reduce, is it like stress that affects your skin as well? Like could they do meditation? What else would you tell your patients? Stress is a big thing. So meditation Deep, slow breathing. Interestingly, that's been shown to be very effective. So just teaching your body how to deep breathe, slow exhalation, that can reduce your cortisol in general. But I really believe vitamin D is an underrated vitamin. You know, it's not just for women who've got osteoporosis. All of us should be supplementing. All of us should be aiming for that higher level of mineral. So it's very safe to take 5,000 units every day for three to four months. Yeah. Little tip, take it in the daytime so it's not at night going to come impairing your sleep. How does it keep you awake? It does. Uh, It does kind of not keep you awake, but it impacts your melatonin production, which is very important for sleep. Yeah. Other things would be collagen supplements. I'm very into collagen supplements because they do help with your skin hydration, wrinkle reduction. It thickens up your hair. It's not a forever thing with supplements, but when you're going through a period of time when your skin and hair and nails are playing up, take it. How does having an internal collagen supplement work from inside out? Because I feel like there's a lot of misconception about collagen powders and things like that at the moment. So what are your reservations? I just don't know enough about them. I have heard just drinking it doesn't actually, it's mainly just drinking water, but I know that's not the case. So how does it actually work? You know what? It puzzles me even as a dermatologist. So we know that it works in giving you skin luminosity. It helps with pigment reduction. There's studies, numerous clinical trials that show that it actually helps wrinkle reduction, acne. But it's the way it's meant to work that still baffles me because collagen is just a string of amino acids. So it's no different to eating a chicken or a steak or legumes because it's all protein. And they all get broken down to amino acids. How I think it works, and there's many theories, but I think this seems to sit right, is that when you've got collagen peptides in your gut, it then signals to your collagen in your skin, hey, I'm not going to break down that much. So it's the reduction in collagen breakdown that really helps plump up your skin because you're not 
breaking down as much of your collagen in your skin because homeostatically or just that feedback loop is saying that, hey, I've got collagen. And what would you say your favorite ingestible beauty products are? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a tough one asking someone what their favorite thing yeah. is because there's just so much out yeah. there and there's so many good products. There are. I do like a few of them. I like the Pearl Collagen Powder. They've got a few different flavors. It's sustainably sourced. It's tasty. It's just, it's clean. I like a lot of the Welco products too. I love the whack, the fact that it's rich in phytonutrients and all the greens. Even the Swiss Collagen Powder, you know, it's a great price point and it, it works. And what about essential fatty acids? You know, the supplements, do you recommend those as well? Yes, because we don't naturally make them. So it's good to get the omega-3 and the 6s, especially the ones that are fish oil-based because we as humans don't make it as much. Yeah. But try and get your micronutrients from food. That's what our body is best made to, digest it. Even if you end up looking into digestive enzymes to break down food better, that's going to serve you better in the long term. Yeah. It's so hard though to eat healthy. I know. I know. You just have to yeah. train. I, I think, know. You have to force yourself. I know. So basically eat healthy and then if you need to supplement. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. as a pickup, why don't you do it all for six months and then back off on what's sustainable? Yeah. But it's also about throwing in the right sleep pattern. How does sleep affect our skin? It's everything for the skin. So we get most of our remodeling, our regeneration at night in our deep sleep. So that's in stage three of our sleep cycle and the REM sleep. So sleep's key. I definitely do not get enough sleep. Mm. <laughs> I was going to ask how hormones can affect the skin because I treat a lot of clients who deal with hormonal acne and I think it's really hard to treat and I feel like a lot of that can come from inner wellness. How do you approach it? So as a dermatologist, I've got access to prescription medication. That's not a vitamin A or Accutane or things like that. We've got anti-androgens. So they're not actual hormones, but they are tablets that are very safe, very easy, that you take for a short time to really modulate the male hormone that's causing the excess oil production mm. or causing that excess facial hair or coarseness. So that would train your hormones to behave. So we've got prescription medication, which helps. But with things like polycystic ovarian syndrome or endometriosis, we now know that changing your lifestyle and diet is so crucial. So mm. I think there was a study that showed that walking 40 minutes a day, restricting your amount of refined sugars, intermittent fasting, that's been shown to reduce your insulin growth factor, which makes you into that pro-inflammatory state. So lifestyle is key with mm. hormonal anything. So basically, you just want to try and reduce as much inflammation within the body that you can. Yes. Yeah. From everything, mind, body. Well. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, and, and exercise is so underrated. You know, we don't have to be Olympic athletes. Turns out, you just have to do incidental but keep active and that increases something called your brain neurotropic factor which even staves off Alzheimer's and dementia and and I just think we're just not capitalizing on every day. Yeah. Well, I think that's a problem as well obviously in this century is because we sit down a lot of the time or we're laying down a lot of the time. We need to be getting up and moving our bodies more regularly. 
indirectly as well. So like yeah. throughout the day, not even just going and going for a long run or long walk, but moving your body constantly throughout the day. I think you've hit on a very important point. Like the more I look into this whole longevity and health span and anti-aging, if you look at populations of people that are centurions or live till 100 and these different societies that they've followed up, they're not, you know, doing intense, you know, Pilates or yoga or, you know, exercise or cycling like crazy. They're doing incidental exercise. Yeah. And they're having that connectedness to community. So I think that mind-body wellness is also so important for skin aging. For sure. Mm. Well, what's the best piece of advice that you can offer our listeners today about treating the skin holistically? What can they do at home? I think skincare, that is key. For skin aging or skin wellness, you have to feed it from outside in. So using your key actives like the right retinol to acid, I think that's a missing puzzle because Getting your pH and that acidic level does improve many things. Vitamin B3, you know, I'd even go for that first before I go for a vitamin C. So, and then sunscreen, you have to have ideally a zinc-based sunscreen because that's going to protect you from all aspects of inflammation and sun damage. We still can't believe people don't use sunscreen. Uh, it's so yeah. mind-boggling. I yeah. know. I think, do you think it's because they can't find the right one? I don't know. It's a hard one because I feel like we were talking about this on a previous episode that People are just loving the sun again, you know. Yeah, there's not much awareness about. Yeah, I feel like a lot of influencers are starting to kind promote of promote excessive sun exposure, yeah. tanning oils, things like that. So I think mm. that's like a massive problem. But I also thought as well that there's the whole thing about textures or how makeup sits on top of it, which we spoke about how there's so much out there now. There's mm. definitely going to be something for you. There's thicker sunscreens, there's thinner ones now. There's just so much available. Yeah, and there are complexion drops, so you can put that before your sunscreen sits on. You've got yeah. dusting powders. Technology has moved on. Absolutely. I think we as a consumer need to find what's right for us. Absolutely. Back to your point, though. I think sunlight and sun exposure is important, but time it. Yeah. Mm. Check on your UV app. You don't want to be out there when your UV is really high. You do need some gentle sun exposure every day. It's important yeah. for your mind. It's important for your eyes, your brain. Your body clock, right, as well. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the ultimate determiner of your circadian rhythm. Yeah. So what else would I do? So skincare, sleep, diet. Diet is huge. <laughs> so we it talked is. about those inflammatory yeah. foods. Yeah. But really, I think we need to be advising people to call for an essentially plant-based diet, but not a strict vegetarian or vegan diet. It doesn't have to be that. You do need a bit of protein, animal protein, but not the excessive amount that the keto phonetics or the paleo diets, you yeah. know, moderation. Yeah. Really, I should just, I, sometimes I think and I go, gosh, I just should have listened to my granny. Yeah. <laughs> Everything in moderation. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. People eating meat for breakfast, lunch and dinner. I think that's when it's a problem. But I agree. I think plant-based diet with a little bit of protein is yes. the key. Yes. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. Yeah. How does stress or long periods of stress affect the skin? Stress in small amounts is good. But when you have that chronic stress, that's when you have huge amounts of inflammation, uncontrolled amounts of cortisol, which actually have been shown to increase your oil production. So that's when you get more congestion, more acne, more rosacea, because you're having increased dilatation or you're having increased blood supply to your face. So stress is very acutely connected to your skin health. 
have less of it, but have it in small doses. You don't have to be chronically stressed though. What are your best tips to reducing stress? Sleep. You got to work on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Is there anything, what if someone couldn't get enough sleep? Is there anything besides the deep breathing or meditation that they can do or no? <laughs> no, I think uh, over the years, what I've picked up on in a lot of research for kind of pro-aging is mindfulness. So a lot of us may not be able to meditate fully, but we can all be mindful. And that can be as simple as, you know, going for a walk outside. And, you know, I do this and you can try it, like just looking at a flower and going, oh, I wonder, have the petals fallen off? What bee is going to start pollinizing? You know, like just little things, but being in that nature moment. In the moment. Yeah. yeah. Or like we, we eat a few times a day. Why don't we actually just think about, oh, my teeth are actually grinding this down. What does it feel like? What does the strawberry taste like? And that has been shown to reduce your stress level. Ah, so being more aware of your surroundings and more appreciative of your surroundings. Yeah, just being present, yeah. really. I feel like having an iPhone is so distracting. Because I was going to say, when I'm eating, I'm just scrolling through TikTok the whole time. And I feel like that's such a big thing as well, because you're so kind of concentrated well. and yeah, your mind's so distracted. So I feel like Having that time off the phone, you know, going for that walk without your phone and just being in that moment by yourself or, mm. you know, even when you eat that meal, just like be in that moment, like appreciate your food and things like that. Well, it's been found that you end up eating less if you're not distracted by something else. Mm. So let's put our phones down. <laughs> <laughs> we good for the waistline. <laughs> Well, before we let you go, we like to ask you some fun little questions. And I feel like they're probably going to be the hardest questions. What is your favorite skincare product? Oh, my God. It's like having to choose your favorite child. child. Yeah. And we all know you have one. <laughs> Angelina Aria, stay away. Gosh, so like not even skincare active. I have to go for my favorite Favorite. Skin. What about go favorite active and then favorite product? It's a hard one, isn't it? <laughs> So hard, genuinely hard. I mean, I love a retinol as a dermatologist, you know, yeah. vitamin A is the only active that's been proven to reduce sun damage, wrinkles, all of that. So I'm being controversial, but if I had to choose one thing, it would be the right cleanser. And it's the most underrated product. I agree. I agree yeah. yeah. And mm. what is your personal favorite cleanser for yourself? Has to be... The rationale number four. Oh my god! I'm not even joking. In my head, I I feel like I'm psychic today. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that, but we love number four. Yeah, it's so good. It's the best. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like that's also a very underrated cleanser. When I first started using it, mm. I was like, mm, like I don't love it, and now I'm obsessed with it. Can't live without it. Yeah. Oh, it just does everything. You it know, does. it hydrates your skin. But then it's cleansing your skin. Mm. It's a perfect mask. It removes all your eye makeup. Yeah, and it's it hydrating. It smells divine. It does. For me, yeah. it's my reset. Yeah. 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 Nice. And it's all skin types. You know, yeah. you can have acne, rosacea. And actually, those of you with acne listening out here, please don't over cleanse your face and don't use a foaming cleanser and stay away from Benzac. But anyway, sound like an ad. <laughs> Just all of that in. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Talking about skin conditions, what is your favorite skin condition to treat? What is up with the two of you? <laughs> you have to have a okay. favorite. 
You're like, no, they're all my favorites. They are. <laughs> they're all my babies. Ooh, I would say rosacea. Uh-huh. Why is that? Because we all have it and we don't know we have it. Really? Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? How, or what, what makes you say, well, I would like to know more. <laughs> <laughs> Not questioning it. I just am like, oh. What? Yeah. So rosacea really is just an impaired skin barrier. So you get that increased sensitivity. Sometimes you will just get redness. Sometimes you'll just get flushing. As it gets worse, you'll break out like acne, but it's not quite acne. You get more sensitized skin with a bit more scaling and redness. And sometimes when it's really inflamed, you get those bulby noses, bulby cheeks, your texture's just off. Mm. So it's really inflammation, rosacea. And all of us have it. And it's not just if you're fair-skinned. You know, you get lots of people with more pigment in us that get rosacea. And so the severity of the rosacea depends on the amount of inflammation within the body as well? Or in your skin. In your skin, yeah. And and we know now your body, your gut, mimics the skin. And last question, what's your favourite device? Under pressure, yeah. (laughs) So at O-Dermatology, that was the most amazing bit because I got to choose every single device that I truly believed in. And you need to fix every bit of the skin layer. You know, sometimes you need a bit of ultrasound energy. Sometimes you do need the right laser. But currently, as the world and the cosmetic industry has evolved, I would say my most favorite device is the M-Face. Have you heard about the M-Face? We have M-Face and we are obsessed with it. Yeah. Obsessed. Love it. So for people out there, I love the fact that it actually lifts your muscles. So it's so natural. So you get that lifted, plump look without having any double fillers, without needing to have Botox. And because it's got that radio frequency heating element, it helps with your luminosity. So it's kind of an all-rounder. Yeah, it is. There's nothing like it on the market. Mm, and it's the first and it's certainly, there's, there's nothing to compare with. Yeah, we love it. We <laughs> do. Hi, Sarah. You're on the podcast with Beauty Uncut and Dr. Shami Thiessen. What question did you have for Dr. Shami? Hi. I was just wondering if I have rosacea, what products shouldn't I use? And is there a sort of a specific diet that I should follow to improve my skin? Great question. Can I say maybe if you have, if you have rosacea, I would use a vitamin B3 moisturizer or serum because It's anti-inflammatory and we know rosacea is all about inflammation. So I would start with a vitamin B3. But in terms of what Mm -hmm. shouldn't you use, I'll probably stay away from a vitamin C and a retinol for now until your skin barrier is better. And I will definitely find the right retinol for you. Because once your collagen strut is better, that will also help your vessels and your rosacea. Okay, amazing. Thank you. And what about diet? Yes, diet, please. Diet is all about reducing inflammation again. So I would reduce the sugar, the dairy, the gluten. The other cheeky thing that can inflame rosacea is nightshades. So things like too much tomatoes, eggplants, um, certain, you know, onions. So I'd look into that. Eggplant in particular. Are you an eggplant eater? No, thankfully. Good. I am. I love eggplant. It's like my favorite thing to eat. (laughs) 
Tomatoes mostly, mm-hmm. but not so much eggplant. Because if you think about it, we all have tomatoes all the time. Like, you know, mm. it's in pasta sauce, it's in our salad. So that's another culprit. It's got great lycopene, yes. which is an antioxidant. But if you've got rosacea, I'd, I'd kind of go slow. Perfect. Perfect. Mm. Good. Good to know. I'll definitely take note on that. Thanks so much for calling through, Sarah. Thank you so much for the advice, ladies. Bye. Good luck. Bye. Bye. Hello, Pallavi speaking. Hi, Pallavi. It's Shania from Beauty Uncut, the podcast. You're on live on the podcast with Dr. Shami. Hi, how are you going? Hi, Dr. Shami. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. Do you have any questions that you'd like to ask Dr. Shami? I wanted to ask Dr. Shami about how she feels about supplements for hair growth for people who are having issues with thinning hair or losing hair and whether there's any supplements she'd recommend. Great question. You know, hair loss is so multifactorial. So the main thing is to get the right diagnosis. So is it female pattern thinning? Is it male pattern thinning? Do you have an autoimmune condition? But where the supplements come in is that we sometimes don't get enough micronutrients. So we need a certain amount of zinc or selenium and collagen has been shown to thicken up each hair strand. It may not give you more hair, but it will make the hair follicle healthier. I would use it as a three to six month strategy, but it's not my forever strategy. Fair enough. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. What have you tried in the past? I've tried like a hair, skin and nail supplement that you can buy over the counter from a chemist before, Mm -hmm. but I've used it in combination with other things. So I'm not sure what exactly has done the job when I've had telogen effluvium before. So telogen effluvium is that reversible hair shed. And in that circumstance, I find supplementing with these hair supplements can actually speed up the regrowth. So I think you were spot on with that. I would also look into getting your gut health the best it can be. So it might be incorporating things that are rich in phytonutrients. So like rainbow vegetables, you know, get your beetroot, get your spinach, collard, and that will reduce that inflammation in your gut. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, definitely not the best eater. So <laughs> neither are we. Don't worry. Don't worry. There's no judgment here. We've all kind of confessed our shortcomings yeah. and so. our unhealthy eating habits. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll keep Perfect. fighting. Thank you so much for your question. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hello, Paige speaking. Hi, Paige. You're on the podcast with Beauty Uncut and Dr. Shami Thiessen. What question did you have for Dr. Shami? Hi, Kayla, Shania and Dr. Shami. I want to know what skincare products and ingredients should I splurge on and when can I afford to get the cheaper alternative? Ooh, can I be cheeky and ask how old you are? I am 28. Okay. So that's an important year or decade because we're thinking about collagen remodeling. We're getting into that phase where we are not making as much elastin and collagen. So I would splurge on the right retinol for you. So retinol or a vitamin A is one of our favorite actives as a dermatologist because it's been clinically proven with so many studies to show improvements in wrinkling, removing sun damage, clarity, pigmentation. So it's a good multitasker. And a retinol, especially the ones over the counter, the magic really is in finding one that is made as a slow release. So it's not going to overwhelm your skin barrier, not give you that typical retinol dermatitis. So I would be spending my money on that. 
And where would you save your money on? I guess at 28, I would probably, and you've got no other issues, you don't get acne breakouts or rosacea or do you have any major other concern? No, I am quite oily, but I don't suffer from breakouts. Mm -hmm. So I would save my money on a B3. So a B3 is a brilliant anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, but it's relatively simple to use in that it's not going to irritate your skin. So why don't you go for a cheaper alternative with that active? Good answer. Thank you so much. No problems. Thanks for coming on. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. We had so much fun with you. We learned a lot. Yes, and we can't wait to do another episode. Thank you for having me, ladies. It was so much fun and just nice to brainstorm different ideas and typical questions that we all have in our minds. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'll see you in season three for another episode. Oh, can't wait. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. So moral of the story, I need to stop eating eggplant, chocolate, all the good things. (laughs) I need to start exercising, sleeping, you name it. Yeah. I think it's so important to take this holistic approach to especially skin So, yeah, definitely going to implement some new things into my lifestyle. Me too. Well, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our socials. All the information will be in the description. And don't forget to vote on the Vogue Beauty Awards to go in the running to win the $500 gift voucher. And don't forget to leave us a review as well. We appreciate all the five stars and we will see you in our next podcast. Bye.